This is Jay, a.k.a. Brother Soap, welcoming you to the 53rd episode of the British Soap Podcast. I am here with my homegirl, the Nicole Walker to my Daniel Jonas. <laughs> What's up, Miss Lance? How you doing? You happy I'm back uh, live from the dead? <laughs> yeah. That was hilarious. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> to the majority of the British Soap Podcast audience who probably has no idea what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> that is a reference to Days of Our Lives, which we will be covering today. <laughs> Those are two characters on that show and uh, their April Fool's episode, because me and Lance are going to cover a little bit uh, from that show a little bit later. So, yeah. <laughs> so, we're actually going to... It was a treat. <laughs> yes, it was it was something else. <laughs> so, and I know the show is airing in the UK. I don't have pulled up which channel it's on now, and I think they're like a year behind where you and I are. So, I'll share with you guys. We're gonna do Days of Our Lives last. So, if you're watching the show and don't want spoilers, cut out before the end. I'll give you warning. <laughs> so, but we're gonna talk about a couple things. Uh, uh, well, I'll save that to the end so we don't spoil you. Uh, but we're going to do Days Today, Emmerdale, and New Edition Holby City for the first time. Uh, we're kind of altering the schedule a little bit because uh, of how COVID is affecting episodes that are airing. Um, I said we're going to do Hollyoaks last time, but your boy been lazy. Well, I ain't been lazy. Yeah, I've been lazy. <laughs> I haven't gotten caught up. So we'll do. The Hollyoaks that they've been putting on. <laughs> The past few weeks, and they picked a few good weeks for the old episodes. So yes, well, we will be covering Hollyoaks next time, so um, that's coming back. All right, but we're gonna first get on to these questions, and baby girl, we're gonna actually start with a days of our lives question. So on days, a lot of characters right now are seemingly able to get away with murder because the microchip in the brain made me do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so my question to you is, what crime would you commit on a soap knowing that the microchip defense would let you get away scot-free? So tell me, oh, what soap uh, you would commit the crime on, What, who would be involved in the crime you would commit, and what, would, what you would do if the microchip could you know, get you off the hook? <laughs> Oh, fuck. Uh, well, the first thing that popped into my head was killing Nate. <laughs> Baby. Look, I'll be your fake alibi on that one. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I understand he's trying to, you know, get, become a better person for the, uh, safety of life in the Dales there, but but it, it, it seems like they're trying to soften him down to make him likable, and then with some of the stuff that happened recently, um, <laughs> I don't see that happening anytime soon, so. But I do co-sign that Emmerdale's Nate gotta go. I think I would kidnap Ben Mitchell, 
Um, with the old one. I would kidnap Ben Mitchell, yes. Uh, I would brainwash him so he didn't know who he was. I would put him on Hollyoaks, um, and I would say, rename him Harry, and I would pair him with Steen, and then I would ship both of them off the show. Meanwhile, I would get real Ben Mitchell back on the show and fix all the bullshit. <laughs> so, yeah. I think that's what I'd do with that one. <laughs> so, get rid of Steve and Ben through kidnapping and coercion and brainwashing. We get Dr. Rolf on the handle up on all that. And then bring real Ben Mitchell back and then fix the mess, mess of the show that the show has made. I think I'd have to resurrect Paul. We'd have to, we'd have to do something. The homophobic attack. Uh, that happened. They thought Paul was dead, but really he got kidnapped by some dude named Omar in Egypt, and Omar <laughs> held him captive as his prince <laughs> for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that would have to go down. <laughs> got kidnapped by some dude named Omar in Egypt. <laughs> Come on now, you remember that Taylor Hayes, uh, that Taylor Hayes story from Bold and Beautiful in the 1990s, girl? Yep. <laughs> That was epic right there. <laughs> yes. All right. Let's switch to question number two. So in honor of our new edition, Hobie City, this question is about that. If you could choose one Hobie City character to be mentored by, who would it be? And also, who would you not want to be your mentor on Hobie City? Watching Cam in that order. <laughs> <laughs> what? You don't want to be uh, mentored by Killer Cam, baby girl? No, I would not. I'd like to sleep with him, but I would not want to be a mentor. Oh, dear. <laughs> be a mentory to him, no. Fletch is, Fletch is one of those characters that you just kind of like to... You just kind of feel like you have to like him because he's one of those people who hides his emotions a lot more than you would let on and he always seems indifferent until something happens and I need to learn how to be more indifferent. <laughs> but you know, now see, because I've watched the show a little bit longer than you and I have more history with these characters, I actually think you're describing Jack more than anything else, right? Because she's somebody yeah. who just seemed real cold and standoffish, but then, you know, when it matters, it's she, and especially recently, like, kind of in her scenes with Nikki, like, she's, and, and uh, uh, Dasani Stop. as well, Madonna oh as God. well, she's yeah. shown her depth, so I, I, I appreciate that. That's, that's true. I can, I could go with, I could go with her, too. Yeah, but she, Fletch is nicer, so I think that's a good pick for you. <laughs> That's exactly it, too. I think she would make me cry while Fletch would just be there saying, hey, dude, here, hug. Yeah. Just just pretend we're not hugging, though, because I'm trying to teach you to be indifferent. <laughs> <laughs> I like those picks. I think, let's see, mentored easy, Libby. Give me Libby from EastEnders all day, every day. She is sweet. She <laughs> is smart. She is talented. I want to be like her. She is the bomb. I love her. <laughs> you know. Um, who I wouldn't want to be mentored. That's tough. Because immediately, I fought Jack initially. But then Jack's been kind of cool and training Libby and 
got her where she is, so I don't know about that. Then I immediately thought Rick, because Rick's a little, he, he has his ways. Like, he's cool sometimes, but then other times, he's annoying as hell. So I was like, hmm, maybe I want to be mentored by Rick. <laughs> like, you're you're going to need a bigger bag. That's all. <laughs> that was probably the best thing I ever heard that man say during my weeks of watching. <laughs> yeah, he's a mess, so I don't know. So, yeah, I guess... Since those two came down, I'm going to pick Rick for not being my mentor. Because I've seen Rick. So, in my time watching Rick on the show, uh, it's been about a year that I've been watching Hobie now. Initially, you know, I, I paid attention to Rick because he's a black man. Like, I paid attention to Xavier, who's a black man, right? And what I saw with Rick's initial storyline was he seemed like a regal statesman kind of guy, kind of like Henrik, but he was messy, right? So, like... He had an issue with his brain tumor, and he was hiding it from people. Zav kind of figured out what was going on, and he was trying to be nice and cool with Rick, like, hey, what's going on? Do you need some help? And Rick just treated him like shit. So, and to me, seeing one black man do that to another black man, I'm like, oh, fuck you, you're trash. So I I, I kind of, that, that's the impression that's still on my mind with Rick. Like, even when I was sitting there watching those nice recent scenes where he was talking to that cute little young brother, they're both from Ghana, and they were kind of, you know, talking about uh, that and stuff. All I saw was him treating Zav like shit, and I was like, boy, you're trash. So, yes, I guess that's my decision. Rick, no. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's like, there's a lot of, char- like, there's a lot of characters I wouldn't have mind being mentored by, but at the same time, there's definite reasons why I wouldn't. So, there were a lot of answers to that. I just yeah. picked the obvious ones that stick into my head. Yeah, and same Real. with me. Like, the, and the, the trick for, for me on that show is two of the people that... In a different time, I probably would have immediately said no to, which would have been Jack and Max. Actually, I think something could be learned from both of those women. So, like, I yeah. would not mind those. Like, it would be tough, but I, I think that would be a good learning experience with both of those women because they are, they are tough, and I like that. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd be like, like, like I was saying with you for, uh, you know, Fletch, yeah, Nikki cool, and she nice. I, we vibe. <laughs> I need somebody <laughs> nice. <laughs> Shucks. Okay, question number three. So, Mr. Malone is stirring up all the Emmerdale drama. Do you think he could truly change his ways with the love of a good cheating pastor? Oh, what no? (laughs) But he loves her, Liz. It's all he thinks about. I know, and it is. (laughs) <laughs> I am I am in the lone boat here and saying I hate Harriet with Will and I want her with Malone. <laughs> yeah, you are alone on that one. <laughs> I really, really hate Will and his extreme stupidness. <laughs> but he's not stupid. He's nice. Being nice doesn't mean he ain't stupid. But where is he stupid? Like, he got manipulated into working with Malone. He tried to protect his daughter, tried to protect Harriet. And I just feel, I'm mad at Harriet because I'm like, she knows everything she went through with that man. And she's cheating on him with the guy that basically tried to kill him. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, 
this is Emmerdale writing her to be ridiculously stupid for no goddamn reason. <laughs> yep. Uh, baby girl, I'm going to jump to you on that. Let's start with those what the hells. What did Emmerdale do to make you say, what in the hell? I am already over Amelia's bullshit. <laughs> I understand that she is mad. I understand that she has a vendetta against Brenda, which, you know, completely understandable. She basically poisoned her dad. And as far as I know, I thought it was Caesar dressing that got him sick. Girl, I thought it was like... They said it was red. They thought it was ranch dressing, and no, as I recall... I can't remember the dressing, but I think it had something to do with some turkey salad, chicken salad, some bullshit. Well, yeah, I, I know that, but I, I was trying to... I know it's like a stupid detail, but it's just like, I don't recall there being shellfish in ranch dressing. I, I, I think they messed that up. But, uh, <laughs> but the... Way Amelia is going about her little vendetta against everyone and their mother because Dan is depressed sitting in a chair and whatnot is get is a little over the top. Her her acting is over the top. Everything about that. that I mean, I understand the storyline is probably one of the best ones on the show right now, but. You could just take Amelia out of it, and it would be so much better. Yeah. She's doing the most, but I, I get it because she loves her daddy, and she feels it's like... She's a teenager, and she has her right to be mad, yeah. but doing it the way she's doing it is just not okay. Yeah. It's a trip. I, I appreciate... Emmerdale showing that teenage is gonna teenage. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they have quite a bit of that happening right now. You know? <laughs> and it's uh, it's interesting because you know the real is you know Dan struggling with money. The amount of money that uh, Brenda and them are offering is not gonna be enough. And I think you know Amelia's anger is uh, justified in some respects. But I mean not taking responsibility for her shit, like Carrie is straight up calling her out, girl, I know you threw all them eggs. She's just like, it wasn't me, child. And then she go into the uh, church house talking to the Lord, like, Lord Jesus, please forgive me for throwing them damn eggs. I'm like, okay, girl. And of course, we're here at Kahiki. And then Carrie's like, I know you threw the damn eggs. She talked about something. And then she just all disappeared. So I'm just like, what the fuck? Yes, it's it's a bit of a mess. <laughs> so I, I feel you choosing that. What the hell? <laughs> I'm kind of on Amelia's yeah. side on this one because she she liked the little, one of the little Robins on the show from General Hospital growing up on the show. But yeah, she she tripping oh, right hell now. Yeah. She tripping. <laughs> let her let her have her moment. She's yes. one of the two people who grew up on that show. Might yeah. as well, you know, let her do what she do, like yes. they did with that poor child. <laughs> Poor Jacob. Yes. <laughs> what else you got for your scenes of the week, Mama? Jamie ran over Moira. Oh Lord, so weak. <laughs> and then, don't get me wrong, I hate Val, but I hate Andrea more. <laughs> 
So it's just like they're both kind of finding a way to emotionally blackmail him into a way of being with one another. But somehow, because, well, because Andrea has the goods on him because he ran over Moira, he chose her and her annoyingness over Belle and her annoyingness. Hmm. So now we have to spend the next six weeks watching Belle cry because she because he picked Andrea over her because he ran over Moira with a car. And now everybody thinks Malone did it except for Harriet because Harriet talked to Malone. Yeah. And <laughs> it's not that he is with Andrea because simply because he did a hit and run on Myra. He is with Andrea because he has no other choice because he stupidly decided to confess to Andrea that he but, did like this I said, He has the goods and she has the goods on him so he has to be with her or else she'll go and tell the police everything. Hashtag emotional blackmail. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like how stupid can you be? Like that was one of the what the hells that I had. Like you have one of the craftiest, sharpest, richest mothers in the soap universe. So what do you decide to do? Are you going to go to that person and get them to help you out of your situation? Or are you going to go to the wife that you just goddamn cheated on and tell what you did? Mm-hmm. He goes to the wife he just cheated on. Like, what? Stupid. Just stupid. Even when his mom finds out about it, the queen is just like, you should have come to me with this. I was screaming then the TV. Then we could have gotten the car away and I could have gone missing for six weeks. Exactly. <laughs> I was screaming at the television, yes, like, what the... So that made me think, okay, the writers knew this was the move. <laughs> but they chose to do this dumb shit. And I'm just like, oh my God, I can't. <laughs> It's so ridiculous. <laughs> God. Jamie's presence on this show continues to be an annoyance. <laughs> it's like, I, I, he is an adorable little man. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. But he is, mm-hmm. he is dumb as a box of fucking rocks. Yeah, if, 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 uh, if the Underwear Emporium were still around, he would oh, probably dear. be in the window. Yeah. He's annoyed me so much. I do not want him in Doug's underwear daily. <laughs> Too annoyed with his ridiculousness. Because first he's all thin. How could you, mother? Every time his mom does something he doesn't like. And now he just makes dumb move after dumb move. And it's like, okay, dude. <laughs> Maybe Andrea yeah. needs to send your ass to jail. <laughs> but, uh, but she won't, though, because she loves him too much. Yeah, we'll see. Even though he don't love her because of her sleeping with Graham one time. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that plays out <laughs> in the long term. So, my first what the hell is Harriet agreeing to marry Will after fucking Malone. What in the hell? See, this dumb soap shit. First of all, she shouldn't be sleeping with Malone in the first place. Malone tried to kill yes, her man. Yes, Malone tried to kill okay. her man. I don't give a damn what kind of history you have with somebody. When you've got, 
Malone was set up as a guy who's like a mo- he, he's a murderer. He's basically a serial killer. He kills people that get in his way. Harriet must know these yep. rumors about him, but she's being the stupidest person on the planet for him. No, it's trash. This wedding with Will is doomed, and this is totally preventable. Like, she should not be opening her legs to this Somebody is going to die. A wedding on a silk never goes well. <clears throat> well, if if Harriet is the one that bites the bullet, it's what she deserves for being stupid. I can't with it. <laughs> it's annoying as hell. <laughs> Shit. Uh, someone else who's being annoying romantically is Liam. Like, I've, I know it's resolved now, but prior to it being resolved, this whole Liam being rude to Layla because of his daughter shit, it was just on my nerves. Like, I think the overall annoying thing about this, right, is that what happened What, what happened was, was not, uh, you know, Liam and Layla hooked up and then Bernice got upset and left. No. Bernice did not want to marry Liam, so she escaped and sent him a text message saying, girl, bye. That's what happened. That's what the show scripted. She left him. Her mother knows this. I can't remember if her sister knows this, but the fact that we're still leaving these little girls thinking that Liam is the reason Bernice is not coming back, I'm over it. They need to let that shit go. They need to reveal the truth so Liam and Layla can live together in happiness and I have that dumb lie hanging over them because it's ridiculous. I don't, I'm over it. It's, it's, I'm done. <laughs> it's stupid. Yeah. You know? Agreed. Yes. Um, yeah. My girl, Queen Kim, she bothered me a little bit too. So, you know, Kim overhears, uh, oh gosh, uh, Rona uh, trying to secure a deal for the farm. You know, she's now partnered with Myra. Um, and Myra, who's being a mess, and even though, you know, Rona invested all this money, she's treating Rona like crap, which I did not like. But she overhears that a deal uh, with that, uh, you know, Rona's trying to secure for her and Myra is not going well. So Kim swipes, you know, sweeps in and gets this deal for Nate. Uh, which means that he is now responsible for delivering on an order that there is no way he would be able to deliver on his own. Uh, that was the same yep. problem that, you know, Myra and Rona had with, uh, you know, the deal as well. But Rona wanted the to like work with Nate to, to kind of split the duties and, you know, make sure everything was cool. But, you know, Myra wasn't trying to hear that, right? So... Nate and Rona Rona secretly make a deal that could see them getting the order fulfilled and them both getting money. But when Kim finds out about it, she's mad at Nate. She's mad that Nate is working with Rona to ensure that the deal that she secured gets, you know, processed successfully with no problems instead of Nate trying to go at it alone, which he won't be able to do, and then the order failing and Kim losing out on money. Like, that made no sense. Like, Nate fixed the situation to ensure that the order gets filled, everybody gets money, the client is happy, they're happy. But Kim's like, no, I got this deal for you. Okay, does that change the fact that the deal you got for me I cannot fulfill? It does not. So it doesn't matter who got the deal, I can't do it by myself. I found a way so that it's done so it doesn't mess up our money. Why you tripping? Why you bothered though? Why you bothered though? Do you look bothered? Yes, you do. Why you look bothered? You shouldn't look bothered. Stop. Are you bothered? 
I'm bothered. Are you bothered? Exactly. I'm, I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> I'm saying exactly. I'm like, Kim, the dude, the dummy, <laughs> figured out a way to get you your money. Shut up. That's done. Is the green going to come in? Is the order going to be filled on time because of what Nate did? Yes. Take the laws. Thank Nate. Shut up. <laughs> like, that's all. Yes, like, to it. Nate was actually being smart for once. For once, exactly. <laughs> and and he's getting flat for it. I find that incredibly uncool. Yeah. That's Even bullshit. though I, I'm not the hugest fan of Nate. Exactly. So it's and that ties directly into my last what the hell, which is Nate's reaction to his girlfriend's pregnancy. I'm just... Okay, that was, that was, that was, I couldn't remember what day it was on. That was actually my last one because I wasn't sure what day it was on because I just watched them all the same time. Baby girl, like what the hell? Tracy got pregnant because on a day she had taken the pill, she got sick. The pill came up and that may have been the time that she got pregnant. This is what the doctors tell her. Nate's reaction, you evil ass trick. You just try to get me to have a baby. Or oh, what? You aborted a baby? Oh, you got form for the... I'm just like, what the fuck is he doing? What, what... It's like, I, I... she even said that was like the hardest thing she ever had to do when she got pregnant with David. We saw the storyline, so it and it's true. That's, that's not how you react to no. something like that. that that's just not okay. Yeah, he was being a bastard. So if you're forcing me to stay with you because you're having a baby, you're, you're trapping me into staying with you. I'm like, uh, that sounds like something my aunt would do. And check it. He's <laughs> accusing her of trapping him into staying with her when she didn't fucking know she was pregnant. How was that a trap? Yeah. She didn't know. She was shocked to hear she was pregnant. She didn't want to yeah, you, like, you can look at her face and see, obviously, this is not what she wanted. She was not like, oh, my God, like Nate, this. aren't you so happy? We're going to be parents. She was just like, boy, I've known you a few yeah, months. I don't want your baby. <laughs> I, was, I was on the pill. Why the fuck am I pregnant? Exactly. <laughs> it's oh. not 99% of it. It's not all that effective. I'm like. Yeah, I, I, that that was not okay. Yeah, <laughs> I just couldn't with him uh, in that damn reaction, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I just you know, a part of me was like, I wonder if Emmerdale did this because you remember how Kane was when he found out Amy was pregnant and then started bringing that baby around. Yep. So I'm wondering if they're trying to do this with Nate. Right, make him hateful towards his baby mama, hateful towards this kid. But you know, it was annoying watching Kane, a character I like, go through that. I don't want to watch some brother I can't stand go through that shit. <laughs> it, it, it would be kind of weird, especially since they're related. Right. So, but <laughs> it, it would just be like a redo to see what would happen if, since Kane did it, let's see how. Nate relates to it exactly. or if she ends up getting an abortion again. Yes. And so I'm, I'm wondering if but this is why many, they're doing the story. It's like too many abortions though, if you want kids later, will make it a lot harder to have kids. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know if they're doing this for Tracy or if they're doing it for 
Nate. I have a feeling they're doing it for Nate, but I don't want to see Nate in the storyline. I don't want to see Nate on the show. I want him gone. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I doubt that's going to happen anytime soon if she keeps the baby, though. <sighs> oh, if they name it Ari, girl. let's talk of happier things what was your first scene of the week from Emmerdale first slowly but surely getting our pair back together without intentionally meaning to through a mistake all on Kane's part (laughs) Uh, I have never been more happy for a hit and run (laughs) I know right I mean, like, I, I I was pissed at Jamie for running Moira over, yes, but at the same time, I was very happy with him for running Moira over. Yes. Because it got it got Maddie in some good place or in some good scenes. Yes. It got him in some good scenes. It yes. got Moira in some amazing scenes. There, just just that scene where. He's sitting there and talking to her while she's fake sleeping, and she he walks out and her eyes open, and she smiles and starts to cry. My heart was just like, please continue. Yes. <laughs> Kane and Myra have been apart for too long, and this is one hell of a way to bring them back together. Especially since they already signed the divorce stuff, so if they get back together, I would not be against it at all. Yes. Yeah. And and you can keep Ricky out of her orbit, and he can go hit on somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that dude. I like that dude. He can stay on the way. He, he can give them some money for the orders and let that be the end of it. But yeah, this was a clever Indeed. way to bring Kane and Myra back into each other's orbits. And I also think it's interesting making uh, Jamie the villain here, because then that means they're going to have to come up against Kim after they deal with the thought that Malone is responsible, which, you know, I know Herod is trying to convince Kane that he has nothing to do with it, but I don't think Kane about to buy that. So I think we got potential drama. Oh, hell no. Malone and Kane and Myra, and definitely once the truth come out, Jamie and Kim, once Kim gets involved, that's going to be something else. But yeah, it is. Yeah, Kim's already involved with them hardcore anyway because of the you have deal, so. And you remember she wanted to, she wanted that good good from Kane when she first rejoined the show. So. Oh yeah, I I wouldn't be against that either. Let's uh-huh. be there. <laughs> like yeah. I said, any but but yeah, it's just like I love the fact that they're slowly but surely getting back on each other's good sides. Yes. Kane's back working on the farm, helping her out. Uh, Maddie is kind of warming up. We finally got a five-minute Rona and Kane theme for the first time in, like, years. years yeah. <laughs> and it'll probably not happen again for another couple. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like... That that storyline, while incredibly sad at the start, is is slowly going towards something that I am looking forward to seeing the end of. What else you got for yo? What the hills? I love everything with charity in it. All right now. <laughs> I I I loved it. 
as everybody knows, when we first started watching, or when we first started reviewing the show and giving our best and worst this I didn't like Charity up until Cabin in the Woods, mm-hmm. where, you know, she, she, she grew a pair and, you know, did what she needed to do. So when... <laughs> Her little, when her little granddaughter there decided to break into Prius' house, <laughs> <laughs> her shit. I was just like, Charity totally followed her there, right? And then the next thing you know, Charity's standing in the doorway, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my god, yeah. <laughs> when Debbie comes back, I'm imagining all the shit Charity's gonna be telling her. <laughs> So, so Sarah did this. Sarah did this. You didn't stop it. I like that one line Charity said when she was chastising Sarah. Like, I don't want to have to tell your mama that you was in jail or in juvie. And when she comes back, you need to act right. <laughs> Shucks. Uh, I'm going to jump to my scenes of the week, which are pretty quick. Uh, the first one I call the slapper slap slaps back because <laughs> uh, Liam's annoying daughter decided to call Lay- Layla out her name, talking about how she couldn't keep a man and how she wasn't nothing but a slapper. And so Layla knocked her upside down. <laughs> I said, you get her. Because you know, yeah. old girl's doing too much. I don't know why I can't remember this what? child's name. What is that girl's name? Liana. Okay. There you Liana. Go. So Liana... She's just like, I, I get it. She's upset. She wants her dad to herself. But her dad needs to have his own life. So I appreciate Layla being there and being a person that is giving him some life. And I think his daughter needs to get on board. And you see, not too long after she knocked the shit out of that girl, she came around and started being nice. So I thought the slap well, slaps back was I'm good. I'm pretty sure that's based on what Jacob had to say, too. True. But so, I think, so I think that slap... I think that slap knocked some sense into her head. That's my story I'm sticking to. <laughs> yes. Especially now that they're kind of sort of getting together now, too. Yes. <laughs> and in the theme of me enjoying violence on Emmerdale this uh, time period, my next scene of the week is Will morphing into younger Ben from EastEnders and giving Malone a slap and dine with a wrench. <laughs> Great. I, I do not agree with this. <laughs> oh, please. Yes, you do. Look, he did the no, same I thing don't. Leanna did. He was golden wheel, calling his daughter a slut, saying he wasn't nothing but a druggy addict, saying he wasn't nothing but a weak man, and he wasn't going to do nothing to protect his family, and he might as well die and all of that kind of shit. And Will's like, oh, okay, boop. <laughs> That was a punch to the side of the head that could have essentially killed him. It was great. Because, like, these fucking bullies, that's what they do. They goad you, they goad you, they get you to that point. They're like, you ain't going to do shit, you ain't going to do shit. That's my thing with Emmerdale right now is the fact that it seems like they're making everyone out to be bullies. Yes. And I do not approve of that. That's, like, not okay. But remember, this is Emmerdale's playbook. So before it was the bully thing, like a few years ago, it was 
we're going to make one character the worst character on the show. So, like, they take somebody yep. nice. For example, one was Adam, right? And then Adam was yep. just hateful to everybody to the point where we all wanted Adam dead. And so then he, you know, then, you know, before that it was Aaron. And Aaron's doing all this mess of shit. And then they're trying to make everybody hate Aaron. He's the worst character in the world, you know? And then it was, what, Cameron? Is that the one that killed? That was the little serial killer? Cam. You know yep, what I'm saying? killer, 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 killer cam. You know, that's what Uberdale <laughs> does. So they, they find a little story beat that works, and then they switch the characters that do the story beat. So the bully thing, that's their little current thing, but it's working. So, yeah. But anyway, I was glad Will hit Malone, because, look, I like Mr. Malone. I like that he can give it to Kane, because Kane is the toughest dude on the show, in my opinion, and Malone gives no fucks and does what he wants. But, you know... You get a little too on your high horse sometimes. Somebody needs to knock you down. And I appreciate the way I was like, boop, now you're knocked down. <laughs> it was good, even if it hurt Lindsay's feelings. <laughs> I <Shit>. love that, man. <laughs> I think it's the act. <laughs> yes, he is great. Now, I love the next two men I'm going to reference for my last scene of the week. And that is Marlon and Dan. And Marlon was there serving as his physical therapist. Now, look here. My power couple on the show has long been Marlon and Patty. They're best friends. They have a great relationship. I love it. I never thought about Marlon and Dan that way. But Dan's been one of my favorite characters on the show for a long time. So has Marlon. And then they had a nice little vibe as buddies when they got together. So now Emmerdale's got me thinking about, okay, how can we get Marlon, Dan, and Patty together? <laughs> and get more scenes with them. Yeah. So they can be cool dudes together. So I like those two being paired as friends. And I need more scenes with it. I don't want that show to waste Dan. I think he's a great actor. I also think he needs to get away with, from Carrie. So I need to give him another good love interest. But um, yeah, the Marlon Dan parent, I thought it was good. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was very, it was very sweet. It's like, dude, keep going. Yes. Please keep going. Carrie yes. asked me, me and uh, two other people who I can't think of at the moment to come in and help you out. Bob and Marlon. So. Bob and Martin, Bob Marlon and somebody else. Yes. Oh, maybe Rodders, Rodney. That could be it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just like I I kind of enjoyed their little scene together too. It was just like that's unexpected, yes. but cool. <laughs> Felt the exact same way. Yes. All right. So let's switch gears and go talk to a show that we have never really talked about for an extended period of time on this show, which is Holby City. And I can't remember if I asked you this before, baby girl, but tell me what finally convinced you to watch the show. Because I know I have been on you for like six months to get into the show, and then finally randomly you're like, hey, I started watching it. I was like, yes! (laughs) So what made you make the switch? Really? I don't even know. I just saw the little icon on the... I just saw the little icon pop up on BritBox on my Amazon, and I'm just like, you know what? I should probably watch this. Jay's been trying to get me to watch this for like six months, <laughs> and it was, and it was right when Zap was starting to suspect Killer Cam of mm. uh, properly killing the dude, yes. and and the downward spiral toward his hitting his head on the 
flipping pavement. <sighs> I was so happy with that. <laughs> I on. was, you know, I was like, dude, he was killed by the bicycle. <laughs> You know, at that time, I, I hadn't started. Cam hadn't gotten on my nerves yet, so I was still in his corner. That has shifted because <laughs> he, he came for my girl, and that's unacceptable. So, <laughs> but we will talk about it, yes. So I started, like, I think a couple episodes before uh, Ken started um, because there was some lady who was on the show for a long time. She was leaving the show, and the first major story I remember Evan, who was the one that uh, Cam let die, he was on the show. I think he had just started dating Chloe, and he didn't like uh, Cameron at the time, and he had done something to kind of mess up Cam's job, and I didn't like that. So I wanted to see, you know, how, how Cam was going to kind of recover from that. Now, they hadn't made, you know, Evan a rapist and all that other kind of shit, uh, but it's interesting how I started watching the show with Evan besting Cameron, and then it ended up that Cameron ended up kind of killing his ass. So I was like, well, he won't do that shit again. <laughs> but the show's been Yeah, good. I, I was just like, I kind of wish I saw that because I asked you, like, a few weeks after I started watching, I'm like, what the fuck is that what did what did Cameron do that Bab is convinced that he could have them, you know, taken off the yes. floor and stuff. And then you explained to me and said, This is why I told you to watch six months ago. Yes. Yeah, he basically <laughs> just let a trash rapist die. And this was right after he had raped um Chloe, who Cameron was dating at the time. Um, and he got Chloe yes. on his own and raped her and uh, he had tried to kill her and it was not cute. So I was totally in his corner. But what the show is showing is that that first murder has kind of gotten to Cam's head and now he's doing all this risky shit, which is kind of messing things up. But I enjoy Hobie City. I feel like of all the soaps that Kate Oates has gotten control over since she got her promotion with the BBC, Hobie City to me feels most like a Kate Oates show. Like, I can I, I sense her direct involvement in this show in a way I don't sense it with any of the other shows. So if she's not as involved in this show, I would be shocked because all this feels very Kate Oates and excellent, and I love what is being done with it, and that's why it stayed on my roster since um, she became uh, one of the guiding forces uh, behind it. So um, to those of you who haven't watched, the way, he was better. <laughs> to those of you who haven't watched, give a couple episodes of shots. And uh, if you do watch, you're in for kind of how we assess the show. So we're all caught up with the show to date. Uh, we're going to give it the yep. what the hell scene of the week treatment. Let's start with you, baby girl. What the hells? What's your first what the hell for Hobie City? All right. So Cam gets a bad review from his boss lady. From Ange. Mm-hmm. So he goes and looks up ways to ruin patients, like, stitches and stuff. Yes. To make it look like you can go fix it. Yes. And then get a better review. And I remember that last look of that episode when Ange said, you need to you need to keep up with that. Today was good. I know you can do better. And he's just looking around the ward with all these people who just had surgery done and had this 
quirk smile on his face, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I will certainly do better. <laughs> I'm just like, fuck. It's absolute trash. <laughs> yeah, that's on my what the hell as well. I have it, Killer Cam versus Cute Bear, because <laughs> I think the first patient he did this with was that cute little berry guy that I thought was so, uh, so nice. He was just a nice guy. And then Cam is just like, slicing him while he's unconscious to save I'm like what are you doing so see I'm cool with killers if they're killing people that are obviously bad like I will but never fault I will never fault Cameron for letting that rapist die cause he was trash he would have continued to do bad things don't care but see the realm that Hobie City has him delving into where he's messing with patients and messing with his co-workers, including Nikki, who is the sweetest girl in the entire world. But he is messing with her patients just to make himself look good, like absolute trash. I'm giving it a what the hell, but I understand what the show is doing, and they're doing it well. But it's on my nerves. And Cameron, is he's, he's finally g- gone from someone that I was supporting to someone that I'm ready for him to get his comeuppance. Because he came from a girl, Nikki, and he came from that nice little cute berry guy. And I'm just like, no, bitch, you got to stop. <laughs> you got to be stopped. <laughs> so, yes, totally yeah. agree with you on that one, baby girl. What other ones did you have? The amount of cancer on this so from the 10 weeks I watched, I think it was about 10 weeks that I started watching, yeah. three people ended up with cancer or brain tumors or some kind of tumors. And, and I'm just like sitting there thinking, can they leave these poor people alone with the cancer? But see, but now, <laughs> like, Come on. as a person that's been... As a person that has spent the last 10 years of his life working for a cancer organization, dealt with a brain tumor himself, babe, that's just the reality of the situation. This is one of the top killers for every person. A lot of us have to deal with yeah. it and know somebody that deals with it. So for me, like it feels like normal because like it's been a part of my working life for the years, right? Uh, yeah. The interesting part that I thought was cool about how they did it this time is they got um, Essie and they got Fletch dealing with those diagnoses parallel. The brain tumor that popped up with Rick, they actually gave him a year ago when I started watching the show, right? Oh, okay. That was where they started. So what's happening with him now is kind of a, um, it's a kind of a, a re- revival of that story um, and his issue was a little bit different because uh, Max was the one who did his brain tumor surgery last time but it is interesting you know with it all kind of coming together at the same uh, time um, and I did appreciate how I like Essie and Fletch getting it at the same time and kind of having different tracks of diagnoses because you could see how different people responded to treatment oh yeah news of diagnosis and even in bringing that cute little kid in towards the end who was kind of dealing with uh the diagnosis as a young person i thought that was a cool perspective too but totally agree with you yeah, it is, it is a, it, it is a lot just to back up what you're saying it is a lot <laughs> but it's reality yeah, yeah. Like, don't, don't get me wrong the storylines were all good yeah. it's just like you know that 
some people are going to get out of it okay, yeah. and some people, i.e. Essie, is not. Yeah. So it's just like, oh my God, this 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 is too much. What if my flesh ends up dying? And then you learn in that episode that he's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, because yeah. I love my flesh. <laughs> he's cool. <laughs> I almost started watching Casualty because I saw Fletch on it. Oh, dear. Yeah, you'll get over that quick. Stick with him on Hobie City, baby. <laughs> yes. yes. And what's your and third? And my uh, third one is Sasa was too much. He basically drew the one person away who could take care of that cute little baby because he was doing too much. Yes, that was Sasha. Yes, you're right on that one, boo. <laughs> I, I I thought he was like the coolest little dude and he was treating Essie with all the respect and help she needed but he wanted her to live so bad that he tried doing all this different stuff yes. to you know make it so that everything was okay and she was gonna live and she was gonna you know take care of the baby and everything was going to be okay. And I'm like, that's not how it's going to go. And calling Frankie just to test her and then she runs off and, and Effie gets pissed and he gets pissed and everybody gets pissed off all because he did too much. You're absolutely right, baby girl. I mean, I have this on my list as a uh, scene of the week, but the related scene of the week is Dom calling out Sasha's selfishness, right? Because, like, in my heart, I get it. He loved this woman. He wanted her to be there forever. This is why he was, you know, trying to work on finding a clinical trial, trying to work on finding a cure for her, right? But what he wasn't considering is what she wanted to do and how she wanted to live her last days. And that needed to be prioritized over his wants and his needs. And so I appreciated Dom coming in and calling out that um, towards the end, you know, because he 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 couldn't see it. Um, And I thought they played it well and it made sense that he couldn't see it, but he was being more harmful than helpful, you know? So yeah, totally agree with you on that. Still a sweet guy. Like, his feelings He's are understandable. He's one of the nicest characters on the entire show, yeah. but... You gotta respect your love, man. You gotta yeah. respect those wishes. Yeah. You know? So, yes. Total agreement that that stood out to me as well. So, yeah, I'm with you there. Um, let me jump to my uh, what the hell. So, I said uh, one of them, which is Kill a Cam. Um, a couple other quick ones. Uh, these involving uh, Nikki Libby. <laughs> so, um, I didn't like Jack's coldness to Nikki as she wrestled with the grief of her, you know, kind of her mother figure dying in that hospital. Like, Jack was yeah. so cold to her. And I felt like, as a supervisor, Jack should have from the jump made sure that she didn't have anything to do with that case. Um, when Nikki went to her for assistance, she should have provided the assistance necessary to offer support. I felt like Jack was very standoffish towards Nikki, and that compromised her 
um, you know, professional judgment with that case, and also her health. The baby ended up having a heart attack, you know. And I thought if Jack could get over herself, she, you know, Nikki could have gotten through that situation a totally different way. So, um, and I know in more recent episodes, a lot of that got resolved. But I was so upset by the way she treated. Um, Nikki during that time and I also didn't like the, the reintroduction of uh, Nikki's mom who was just like being a mess causing unnecessary stress um, I don't like anybody coming for Nikki that's my Libby from EastEnders she is to be protected at all costs so all these people stressing her out getting her to the part of a heart attack I just was not here for it it was on my nerves so <laughs> those were by, by Bane to uh, what the hell's uh, the next two uh, are about uh, Guy, you know, Carl Monroe from my... Uh, from my uh, Can we not talk about him? Coronation Street fans. <laughs> but this is the thing. So my first what the hell is actually not towards Carl, but towards Rick. Because, uh, I'm saying Carl, Guy, <laughs> towards Rick. Cause guy, Sal, what's his name? Guy goes out to the bar. Stops Donna from drinking because he's an alcoholic. He chills, does not drink. But you know, Rick's been stalking him because Rick has a sense that the boy ain't right, which he's, he is correct about, right? But Rick convinces himself <laughs> that Guy is drinking and working on patients. And this is why he needs to be suspended and all that. Because as a doctor, you have a professional responsibility to put your patients first, right? The reason that pissed me off is because my intro story watching Rick was Rick had an idea that he had a brain tumor, then knew definitively that he had a brain tumor, and then what did he do? He kept it a secret. When Xavier figured out what was going on and tried to confront him and, and try to help him, he continued to treat Xavier like shit. He wouldn't tell anybody. So, like, everything he was criticizing Carl for, for supposedly drinking... Rick did himself when he was hiding the fact that he had his brain tumor. So I was just like, dude, how you gonna be sitting up there and all high and mighty with with Guy when you did the same bullshit um, a year ago? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and then yeah. they even brought the brain tumor storyline back up <laughs> later on. So I was just like, uh-huh, Rick, you full of shit. <laughs> so I was pissed off about that. Um, and the last the one that I have for my what the hell is actually still involving Guy, but this time involving Louie. Because Louie is the nurse on the scene when Guy is up here just hijacking the surgery, coming in, changing up the surgical plan. This is a procedure that his mom, Louie's mom, was supposed to do. And Guy has a temper tantrum because he's drunk and getting ready to work on Rick. Nope. Wants no talk back. He kicks Louie out of the surgery. Louie tells Donna what's going on, but then Louie's like, I don't want to make a deal out of it. Let's keep this from, you know, my mom. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Why would you keep this from your mother? This guy is insane. He's drunk. He's in there. Like, I know Louis didn't know the full details, but to see a doctor do all that and Louis just kind of step back and be like, I don't want to talk to anybody about it. I was just like, don't know what you're doing. Especially with how much he hates him. Exactly. And he knows that's like his mom's ex. And he's trash. So I was like, uh-uh. I needed more out of Louis for that one. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I didn't like that man the second he walked on the screen. It was just like, 
pure cringe the second I saw him. Yeah. So it was just like, yeah, okay. Yes, you had a you got, had a sixth sense with regards to him, baby girl, and it was right. <laughs> it was absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, thank you for Yes. Let's jump to scenes of the week. What did you like about Hobie City the past couple weeks? I liked Ken's downward slash upward spiral. Mm. Um, I, I kind of, I kind of didn't like him at first, because it was just like, he seemed like that, you know, too free-spirited, uh, will do anything to make sure that, you know, everything goes right, and then ends up maybe doing something wrong in the middle of a procedure or something. He seems like one of those really free-going guys, and then you realize that he's a drug addict, and uh, he killed uh, he killed this kid's mom by accident, or, or she died, and he was there, and it hurt, and oh my god, Phoenix, him, and Phoenix fighting it out, and oh my god, that entire thing just was like, you you told them that stuff because you wanted to make yourself feel better, and I was just like, oh my god, this is this is great, and him and, and him and Jack kind of slowly getting back together, kind of sorta, since they're living together now, and and it, I I kind of like him better now than I did when I first started watching him. So I kind of liked his upward downwards all words spiral with him wanting to drop the drugs and then him getting the drugs and then him taking the drugs and then him throwing the drugs away then picking him out of the garbage again. And it, it, he, he, he's just a hot mess of a character and I want to see where it goes. Yes. He was one of the first characters that joined the show when I watched last year. And he's great. Like he was brought in like a, as a nice, sweet guy, uh, very good personality. But his biggest story was involving B, which is uh, a Phoenix's mother. Um, they obviously had a relationship back in the day, and she had a health condition. And the big story there was um, he had a different opinion with Jack um, with regards to how to treat her, because B wanted uh, conservative treatment um, and. Uh, Jack recognized that more was necessary if she was going to be healed, but Ken kind of did a couple of shady things to make sure that the lady that he loved got the treatment that she wanted. So she kept having problems and having to return to the hospital, and then him and Jack would have the same fight, and ultimately that resulted in uh, her dying uh, because you know he didn't do the treatment that was needed. So yeah, it's been very interesting to see you know how that's weighed on him. You know, dealing with the love of his life being killed and now he's back on the drugs and then he's doing good with Jack you know they had this little mountain retreat I don't know if you saw the mountain retreat where um, you know they kind of saved each other because it looked like he was going to kill himself and then Jack was having problems but they kind of saved each other and then he kind of stood yep. her up when he dealt with you know trying to heal 
B's son. And yeah, it's just been great. The guy who plays Ken is excellent, hilarious in that role, strong guy. I don't like him being mean towards my Nikki, uh, you know, but um, I think there's going to be a lot of traction they're going to get out of this drug storyline and him, him getting over that. So, yeah, excellent actor, yeah. excellent story. Yeah, I can't wait to see where it goes. I feel you on that. <laughs> 100%. Yes. Did you have any others? The lead up to the wedding. Oh. The wedding that didn't happen. Mm. Oh my God. I I think I cried my weight in tears. No. <laughs> I, I, it was just like, it was beautiful. You had Dom doing her hair and getting her dress looking pretty. And they brought Isla in and they invited everybody who they deemed worthy to be there there. Uh, and, and then you're just sitting there watching and, and her and Fletcher talking and then the next minute you, you see him or you see her drop the flowers on the ground and he goes and picks them up for her and she's sleeping and you realize she's dead and he realized she was dead and then there was sobbing every which way and you see Jack finally Jack comforting Sasha in his massive moment of grief and <laughs> just like oh my god it's hard to care about the Rick storyline now now that Effie's dead they didn't get their wedding and now Sasha has to take care of Isla himself because he's a douchebag and ran Frankie away <laughs> It was good. It was an excellent way to close out the show. I, I, I did. I tried my weight in tears. I was just like when you posted on Discord to me this morning that you were watching that last episode. I'm like, oh my god, look out for the tears, man! I had a feeling it was coming because I could tell on the episodes they kind of lessened up, you know, her use of makeup and. They were having yeah. her looking all drunk. She was pasty. She was really pasty. She mm -hmm. looked gone. She, she looked like she was about to go. So mm -hmm. it was just like, I knew the minute he mentioned the word wedding, something was going to go wrong. Because yeah. like on all of soap slash dramas, yes. weddings don't end well. <laughs> that, was, that reminded me of Ziggy kind of being in a chair and dead on, uh, on yeah. Uh, I'm Hollywood there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just having a brain aneurysm. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't cry because I could see it coming, but it was sad. Like, I was just like, oh. Yeah, I cried because Butch cried. When Butch cries, yeah. I yeah. Mankind, as everybody here knows, is the ultimate weakness of late. <laughs> <laughs> So it's just like, I saw that, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, he's going to cry, he's going to cry, and then that tear fell, and then I was just like, oh, fuck. Yes. <laughs> I just started bawling. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, it, it was an excellent scene, and an excellent way to close out the show uh, for the season, yes. So... Yes, I'm going to chill there. I, I will let that be the end of the scenes of the week because I pretty much said all my happy stuff <laughs> for a whole week throughout. So, uh, yeah, that was just good stuff. 
All right. So for those of you who watch Days of Our Lives, if you don't want to flash forward to a couple things that have happened, you can check out now. We're going to switch gears and talk a little uh, Days of Our Lives. So we talked about the show, oh God, a year ago, a little bit more than a year ago uh, for a little bit. Um, but we've been kind of caught up in the British soap grind for a while. And um, I know I let like mm-hmm. about nine months worth of episodes pile up on me. <laughs> so, but for this point of time i think we're covering kind of like march 2020 is where we're, we're starting with days of our lives so we're going to talk about some of the stuff that happened March the very end of march to april i okay. think yes yeah, so uh baby girl let's uh so i'll just i guess i'll give a quick recap of what we're watching uh on days of our lives right now uh everybody's got a microchip in their brain <laughs> <laughs> Stefano DeMuro, one of the biggest villains of the show. Uh, Joseph Mascolo played him. He died in real life. The show right now has uh, another actor who has been on the show for a long time, Stephen Nichols, assuming the role of Stefano in that he has a microchip in his brain that has him thinking he is Stefano DeMuro and he's doing all this evil stuff around the town, including implanting other people with uh, microchips, uh, kidnapping his love and trying to make her marry him to get back this it's just hot mess (laughs) so it's it's definitely different (laughs) yes uh so that's kind of where we are with the show so let's just dive in baby girl let's hit what the hells i'm interested in your take uh what's the first what the hell you have for days of our lives can we talk about how comical chad looks whenever he's brainwashed oh yes (laughs) <laughs> brainwashed Chad trying to kill everybody. It's something. Abigail walks through and leaves two women laying behind the couch who are clearly visible to Abigail, but Abigail chooses not to see it because she's just too excited to be home to see her husband. <laughs> I mean, he, he told her he had two women laying right there, babe. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I, the one thing I can't get over is the fact that every time Christian Alfonso talks in Gina, her accent is just so bad. I like it. I think it's cool. I like a little British accent. <laughs> that is not a British accent. I don't know what that accent is, but it ain't British. And if it is, the ain't trying no. <laughs> I like it. You know, I... The microchip of the brain stuff is comical, and it's it's a hot mess, and you wouldn't be see that kind of stuff on a British soap. But to me, it's funny. Ron, who is writing the show, he is having fun. He is pulling out some of the old storylines, remixing them, giving them giving them to us for today, and it's interesting. Yes, Steve Stefano is ridiculous. Yes, G- uh, Hope as some princess who talks shit to everybody is ridiculous. But it's entertaining. You know, hope I can understand. She's done it before, several mm. times. Seeing Steve do it reminds me of a badly done Stefan But he's Stefano Demira, darling. That's not Steve. I know. He is the head of La Familia. <laughs> Oh fuck, laugh a million! <laughs> it is so silly. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna 
the, the, my thing was, was Chap would not have been brainwashed if he didn't read the letter aloud. But what was he going to do, baby girl? I mean, the envelope clearly said La Familia, so he had to open anything that said La Familia so he could read La Familia and let La Familia be the keyword to transform him into the hitman for La Familia. Yeah, because he did an excellent job with that. I thought it was comical how Kate figured out so quick that an uh, old dude was brainwashed because of La Familia. Like... Girlfriend was on it. She knew what was going on, didn't she? <laughs> yeah, it's like Kate remembered. Why can't anybody else? Oh dear. <laughs> All right, baby girl. And what is your next what the hell? I hate Xander. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was sitting here watching this entire thing go down with the baby switch thing, which, you know, obviously I had no idea about because, you know, I just started watching again myself. So it's just like, okay, so they switched the babies. He keeps threatening this Dr. Rayner lady. She takes off like she's told to, mm -hmm. you know, during this baby treatment stuff. And, and I'm just like, why can't Xander leave anyone alone? <laughs> it's like Xander or Nicole figured out that the babies were switched. Oh, yeah, we're not going to deal with that. I'm just going to pay off hundreds of thousands of dollars to random people to make sure that Nicole doesn't figure it out and which she figures it out anyway. It's just like, don't care, and I honestly feel that Xander is manipulating the fuck out of Sarah because she is far too gullible to understand anything that's going on right now. <laughs> I'm just like, I can't. <laughs> I can't with that entire storyline, at least now that we know what's what. I, I kind of want to see where that particular storyline's going now that, you know, Eric knows. <laughs> and, and, yeah, it's just like, before that, I was just like, over Xander the second he popped up on my screen. I'm like, who the fuck are you and why are you here? You have a sexy accent. That's all I can say for you. <laughs> you know, I'm not mad at Xander. He has grown grown over me. He's grown over me. He has grown on me. He's grown over you, has he? <laughs> he has grown on me over time. Um, actually, I feel like them pairing him with Sarah made him interesting because you kind of see his soft side as he's trying to uh, do what he can to take care of his girl because the reality is her child is dead. And right now, he's got her passing off uh, Kristen's baby as her own. Um, obviously, she doesn't know that this is what's going on. And so the fact that, you know, he's doing what he has to do to protect his girl, um, like, I understand it. It's bull. It's going to eventually blow up in his face. But I think yeah. it humanized him a lot more, uh, that relationship, uh, than I ever expected to see. 
uh, with him. So it's been interesting. I actually wish they would pair him with someone different. You know, I think bad boys need a bad girl. So I'd like to see him with a bad girl who could kind of, he could scheme with, you know? Because, you know, how this is going to end. He's going to be ostracized. I, I, I always like the good girl with the bad girl, with the bad guy, though. So, so Say again? That I'm not having a problem with. I'll say that part again, babe? I said I've always liked the bad boy with the good girl. It's always uh, been like my theme. Okay. As as we know with Harriet and her various bad men. Okay. But, but it's it's just like I honestly don't care for yeah, no. I, I don't care for them. I think he's manipulating her in which will blow up in his face, as we well know. Yeah. Now that Eric knows that Mickey's not hit and hurt. It is doomed to end poorly, but I am interested in, yep. in the journey. Because I'm, I'm, Xander isn't on my nerves yet. <laughs> he used to be, but I'm, I'm tolerating him a little bit more. But, um, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. What the hell <laughs> on that one? Yes. Um, my, I only have two what the hell's and scenes of the week for days. Let me start with my first, oh, what the hell. Um, I didn't like this whole rush uh, that Justin uh, utilized and somebody else came. I can't remember who it was. But, like, to send Hattie, Marlena's twin, into the line of fire with Stefano, right? Stefano demanded to see Marlena, and so Justin is immediately like, but he rushes over and tries to convince Hattie to go, like, deal with Stefano. And I'm just like, no, you don't put her in the line of fire just because she looks like uh, the Twitch can get killed. And these dudes were just like, yeah, your life is yeah, precious, but you need to do what you do to save my woman. I was like, what? <laughs> what are you talking yeah. about? You know? And I think Justin was concerned about uh, Kayla and uh, John was concerned about Marlena, but I appreciated uh, oh goodness, I appreciated Roman stepping in and being like, now hold the hell up uh, what y'all mean? What the hell no? <laughs> yeah, he got his honky talk voice, uh, like what the hell y'all mean? You ain't about to send her in harm's way like Roman was stepping up for Hattie, uh, in some respects more than she was, like she was gonna bite the bullet until Marlena came up in there like, no, he wants to see me, he's gonna see me. <laughs> so I appreciate it. That's that. exactly it. He was like, I wouldn't go through that trouble if it was, yeah, no. Yeah. You just don't put somebody else in that situation, you know? So. Absolutely not. Yeah. I, th I thought that was that was cool that she came and stepped up, but I was mad at those boys. <laughs> so, yes. Someone else I was mad at was the warden. So the first episode that I watched when I came back uh, was one where they were trying to kill Ben for a... Uh, uh, he was on an electric oh, chair for a crime he did he not was, commit. He was being injected. Yes, the, not the electric chair, yes, the injection station. Uh, you know, they were trying to kill him over supposedly murdering his sister, uh, a crime that he did not commit. And so you got him, this white guy who is, you know, about to get the lethal injection. They cast him extra as a warden who was a black man who was facilitating this execution. 
Then in rushes, you know, the girlfriend of the guy with the person who committed the actual murder and is like, this is the real murderer. Stop this execution. And this dude is just like, no, we're going to keep killing this dude. I was like, what? We don't have the proof. Someone has brought like, you um, the actual murderer and you are just like, no, we're going to kill this innocent white man. Like, I know a lot of what's going on in the world right now is uh, white cops killing black people and getting away with it. But like flipping the script and having this black warden just so gung-ho to kill this white guy, I was just like, this is some bullshit stop. <laughs> like, no, what are you doing? What, stop. Like, call somebody. Have a conversation. Dude, what you gonna do? You gonna live with yourself if you kill somebody that's innocent? For what? So, yeah. Like, oh my God, yeah. I'm nervous. <laughs> yes, I was not here for it. Yes. Let's switch the scenes of the week. What scenes of the week did you have, Ooh. I I like the entire April Fool's Day episode. Yes. <laughs> I got a full out kick out of that. I I never seen any of his uh infamous April Fool's Day episodes. So I was just sitting there thinking, I thought he died like when Daniel showed up and I'm like, I thought he died a couple years back and uh he ended up being married to T Boz. And you have Kevin, you know, you're the restless popping in and that last scene where he's sleeping with Will and he gets this big old grin on his face and says, April Fool's at the end. And I'm just like, dude, this is glorious. I will watch his April Fool shows until he gets fired because that was fucking <laughs> glorious. Yes. April Fools was everything that is my scene of the week. The thing I love about Ron when he does his April Fools shows is how he can connect everything, right? So you got separate stories. You got, uh, you know, Lonnie and what's his face <laughs> with T-Boz at the door popping up saying, hey, get you got to help me find the baby that... I had with you that you didn't know about. <laughs> She's been kidnapped and I need help finding her, right? You've got Will and Sonny yeah. chilling at the house and then Ding Dong, who's at the door? Sonny's crazy ex-husband who accused him of sexual harassment just to get him to marry him so he could be rich, right? You got that going on. And he's got a new job. What's his new job? Giving children to people who who need them. Uh-huh. <laughs> And then on the other side, you've got Nicole and Eric who are in a relationship just chilling at the house, uh, you know, trying to love it up. And then here pops up Nicole's dead ex-husband, <laughs> dead husband. And what's he there to do? He wants to bury his girl because he's been away from her too long. But surprise, he can't because Eric finds out he's already married to who? Tebas. <laughs> And what do they have together? What are you doing here, buddy? A baby <laughs> that she was passing off as Eli, that is. And then Ben and Sierra are chilling all loved up after just getting back together. And then in walks Ben's criminal father, who has a new job for him. What's the job? Delivery. And what's he delivering? T-Boss's baby. 
to Will and Sonny. He does make little bundle joy. That Kevin Fisher is trying to sell. Like, oh my God, just the perfection in that whole episode. And yes, the end, like the part I love too was like, Will picking up that baby and being like, I want to, I want to keep free. I was like, I want to keep the baby. <laughs> And Steve-Bobs and Eli walk in. Yeah, you're not keeping my baby. Give me the fuck over. Okay. And then Will got the fuck over to Kevin Fisher's house, our little apartment, and started doing that damn thing. But it was just, it was just perfection. It was so so good. So that I feel I was, like I was just like I wasn't sure what to think because when I was first watching it, I'm just like sitting there thinking. Wait a minute, why is he on here? He hasn't been on here for ages. Yes. And then you have Daniel, who I know is dead. And T-Boz with a baby, I'm like, this better be an April Fool's show. <laughs> <laughs> and then that last little bit, oh, 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 Sonny, wait a minute. There's just this one more thing I have to say. And then he, he, he looks straight at the camera like, like Don Cheadle does in House of Lies and says, April Fool's. <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> so good. All right. So with that, I will say uh, I am at Brother So. And I'm at Lindsay Amanda. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we actually will be back with a new episode this October. So we will see you then. Bye, guys. Bye.